You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you, the DU Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ducks on the Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. Joining us once again today is John Pullman, a returning guest. He's a contributing freelance writer for the magazine for Ducks.org. He does the migration alerts and multiple DU podcasts every season. John, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, Chris. Great to be back. Love talking ducks with you. Yeah, and I'm excited. You know, uh, we the duck numbers were recently released, so uh, we're all getting a little antsy around here. You know, everyone's talking ducks, and, and I think this is a great opportunity to really you know, bring you on the show because, you know, you're up there, you live in South Dakota and just kind of anecdotally, um, you know, what you've been seeing when you've been out camping this summer or whatever, uh, kind of give us a rundown of what the habitat conditions look like in South Dakota in your area. Sure. Well, you know, kind of based on the on the survey that came out to BPOP here recently, you know, things are mixed across Prairie Pothole Region. South Dakota is, is really a prime example of that. Um, we have some areas that are extremely dry, um, but if you get up in the northeast corner of the state, um, basically north of Highway 14, which is what runs through Brookings, so that those northeast uh, counties, they've got They've had good precipitation. Um, I'd say uh, probably a lot of landowners up there would say they probably had maybe too much rain this summer, uh, spring and summer, um, quite a bit of water standing in, in areas. Um, and that's where that's where the duck production in South Dakota has been the best this year, obviously. And uh, just from my travels up in there over the past couple of months, uh, even just here quite recently, you know, seeing good good duck numbers. Um, you know, mallards, uh, lots of wood ducks, uh, and, and blue-winged teal as well. Um, you know, and, and broods that are ranging from birds that I'm sure that are, are flying around already to uh, just some little scrappers, some little ducklings here this last week that I saw. So I know there's some re-nesting going on, uh, but it's encouraging. Um, and I know in the B-pop, the, the blue-winged teal numbers in particular are one of the big bright spots, you know, still above the above the 2019 numbers and, and uh, considerably above the long-term average numbers as well. So should be good opportunities for folks across the flyways to, to shoot some blue-wings this fall, and they, they sure are a fun bird to hunt. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's why I brought you on here to just kind of talk about some blue wing hunting. Now you end up getting uh, to shoot at blue wings probably, you know, even when your regular season kicks off, you guys still have some hanging around up there, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So South Dakota, we don't have a early teal season like some states do to ourselves. Uh, I guess Minnesota does as well. Um, but we, 
we are able to, uh, we still have blue wings around though when our season kicks off, which is usually late September. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and for the first 16 days of the season, we also, we get to shoot two additional teal. Now, that's something that our waterfall managers have arranged with the uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service that since we don't have that early season that uh, we can take an additional two blue wings for the first couple weeks of the season. So you could, in theory, go out and shoot eight blue wings uh you know for uh, at the beginning of our season i know folks that have done it i have not uh myself you know they're usually a uh, just kind of a a duck that kind of comes along when you're hunting uh hunting a pothole set up um but i know there are folks that target them specifically uh that find those places that blue wings love to hang out and will go out and try to uh bang out a limit eight blue wings uh earlier in the year so they'll typically hang out around here until um you know we get a first real cold snap they'll head south yeah um I'm sure mid mid August is when we probably first start losing the birds. We get a a good full moon, a clear night, a little breeze out of the north, and, the, and they start to bugger out down to Missouri, Nebraska, and even further south down Arkansas, Louisiana, stuff like that. So, um, but there still are some that will hang out here into October, and um, I love to shoot them, uh, love to eat them. They're a fun bird, uh, fun to call at. Uh, they decoy well. Uh, they're just all around just a, just a great duck. Yeah, and I think that's good, kind of eye opening for. Uh, some of our listeners maybe who are in the southern states, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, where these guys are, um, pretty pretty avid about their teal hunting this early season. And, and they really take advantage of large numbers of birds that get down there. But what's fascinating about them is that these birds are also still in South Dakota and North Dakota. Yeah. You know, Dr. Scott Stevens, who joins us on the podcast pretty regularly, he targets teal, um, you know, up in Canada, you know, for the first few weeks of September anyway. And and so it's just cool that these birds are covering such a large landscape that that so many different hunters get to take a shot at them. And, uh, and, and that's kind of what I brought you on the, the show here today. You had written a piece um, several years back, I think, and um, something for the website, and I think we ran it in the magazine as well um, in our mixed bag section that, you know, is really all about shooting tips for blue wing teal. And the reason why we do this is because they are, it's a smaller bird. They can be kind of confusing um, with the acrobatics. They come get in and out in a hurry in the decoys if you're not paying attention. Um, typically, it's low light. You know, you're uh, right at the crack of dawn, you know, right at first shooting time, you've got a flock of blue wings buzzing in. Um, there's so many different things that make these birds difficult to shoot. Um, and I wanted to get you on here to kind of talk about some of the different techniques and tactics that you outlined in this article. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you, you hit the nail on the head. They are, they are a tough bird to uh, tough bird to shoot. And that's kind of one of the first, first big tips is, um, you know, when you've got a, you know, a flock of blue wings that just rocket into the, in the decoys early morning, uh, like you said, low light, it's easy to get, it's easy to rush your shot. It's easy just to kind of, to, you know, bring the gun to your shoulder and just shoot into the flock. And, uh, one of the, one of the tips that, uh, that I received, um, and, you know, making, putting together this article was, you know, picking that one bird. And that's obviously, that's something that we should do with, with every, every shooting opportunity that we have when we're dealing with birds that are flocked up, but especially these blue wings is don't rush your shot. Don't just shoot into the flock. Um, uh, isolate one bird in your eye, keep your eye on that bird and, and focus on that bird, uh, uh, pull the trigger and then shift to another one. Um, but that's, that's one of the biggest things you can do, uh, for success is again, focus on one bird. Yeah, and you know I've had that same conversation with Phil Bergeli many times, and it wasn't just blue wings, where you're talking about you know a flock comes in and it's so easy, and I see a lot of younger hunters do it um, 
quite often because, you know, the excitement of calling the shot, big flock comes in, birds are going every direction, and people just sit up and just like, boom, 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 you know, and nothing falls, and they can't understand why they didn't hit anything. Um, they just didn't pick that one bird, and that's, you know, the basic fundamentals of, of shotgunning really is, you know, seeing the target clearly, and as soon as you don't do that, you're in big trouble, especially with blue wings. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's something honestly that, you know, as a hunter, when I'm seeing those birds work, work the decoys and obviously blue wings, they can surprise you. They can come out of the blue over your left shoulder and all of a sudden they're in the decoys. But if I've got a chance to watch that flock as they're working the decoys, I'm automatically, I'm finding that one bird before I even build, uh, before I even bring my, my shotgun up to my shoulder is I'm finding that bird. I'm locking in on it and keeping my eyes on that bird until I'm ready to fire. And, and that seems to help. And then again, that's something I do, whether I'm shooting mallards in the field or blue wings uh, over a pothole, you know, Watching those birds on the approach, picking out that one that, that you uh, that you wanna you wanna shoot, and staying focused on that one until until you raise up uh, raise up to shoot. Yeah, and that kind of leads into kind of the next tip where you're maintaining that focus. And you mentioned this in the article where um, you know having the focus on that target is is just as important as picking out that target, um, but staying with that target. Yeah, exactly. Stay on that target until uh, until one of your shots connects. Sometimes it doesn't happen, you know, as well as anybody that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they can be tough birds to hit. But, you know, staying on that bird until, until it, it, you know, until your shot hits. And then when it does, then switch your focus to the next one. And then the process stays the same, you know, stay focused on that one until, until you're either, either it falls, it's out of range or you're out of shells. <laughs> Okay, or it just flies away. Typically, it does happen. It's, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. been known. <laughs> I think you and I did that a couple. Didn't we? We were on a hunt in South Louisiana several. This is yeah. ten years ago, and yeah. I thought I remember we we shot pretty well. Then we had one instance where there was like four or five birds came right in the decoys, and we shot, and there was like, oh yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't even see them. <laughs> Try uh, make an excuse real quick. That's exactly right. Well, duck hunters are good at excuses, so yeah. it's in our blood. So, you know, the next thing you mentioned in here is, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting tip, and this is one thing that jumped out to me with this article, is the four Bs. Kind of explain what the four Bs is. Sure. So for the article, I spoke with a gentleman I named uh, Mark Stevens. Mark is a uh, Minnesota hunter. Um, he's got you know, 50 plus seasons of duck hunting and under his belt. Um, and then he's also a, a certified shotgun coach. He's a certified shotgun uh, instructor and the four B's for him. And I, I think it's a great, it's a great, um, a great little tip is the way he puts it is butt, belly, bill, bang, you know, keeping that focus on that bird and swinging through that bird and keeping your barrel moving. So, you know, you imagine the the bead, front bead on your shotgun barrel, it's at the butt, it's at the belly, it's at the bill, and then you squeeze the trigger bang. Um, and it's honestly, it's something that ever since I talked with Mark about this article, it's something that I've put, uh, put to practice, whether I'm duck hunting or pheasant hunting up here in South Dakota. Um, it's it's uh, just a, a good way, something good to keep in the back of your mind as you're, as you're shooting. Again, it's about keeping that barrel moving. Um, you know, I think... So many duck hunters and myself included, you know, we, a lot of us never took instruction on, on shooting. You know, we just kind of grew up, we got a shotgun in our hands and, you know, your dad or your brother or uncle or whoever kind of give you tips on what to do. And, but to actually get some, it, I think we all would probably benefit from some real instruction from, from people that, you know, that know what they're doing. And Mark is one of those, one of those guys. And again, it's keeping that barrel moving is really important. And his saying, butt, belly, bill, bang, it's, uh, it's, it's worked for me. Yeah, and that's, you know, it, it all just continues to go back to the fundamentals with most of this stuff. But that's a good point that you bring up. Having an actual instructor, you know, 
work with you on these things. And one of the most difficult, from my perspective, the thing that people have trouble with, I guess, is that that decoying flock of teal, not only you're confusing with multiple birds, they're acrobatic, whatever, but there's not a whole lot of shots, you know, especially in trap and skeet and especially, um, but even in sporting clays where the birds are coming at you, you know, almost directly at you. And so that's a shot for that. Even if you do practice or shoot regularly, you know, that decoying bird shot is still difficult for people because they don't see it all the time. Uh, do you kind of see that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I, and I think again, something we mentioned already is just the surprise aspect on these birds too, um, that they can, you know, you can, skies can be out in front of you can be birdless there's not a duck to be seen and then all of a sudden boom there's 25 blue wings uh, over your decoy spread um and again maintaining your composure keeping your barrel moving singling out that one bird um it's hard to it's hard to replicate that on a skeet range or sporting clays range doesn't hurt to practice um but it's it's really hard to replicate that and so it's one of those things where don't be afraid if you do miss some out in the field it happens to everybody um, but try to keep some of these tips in the back of your head again, like uh, like we mentioned. Um, something Mark mentioned, too, um, is that, you know, teal, we kind of have this idea that they are super, super fast flying birds, you know, that they are. And they do. They do arrive really quickly. kind of seems they come out of nowhere. Um, but in terms of actual flight speed, they're not one of the faster flying birds. It's just their, their movements in the air that it kind of give them illusion of, of flying faster. And so like Mark said, uh, you know, a clay target when you're out on the range moves somewhere like at 40 plus miles an hour. If you can break those clays out on the range, you can catch up with the teal over the decoys. And so it's, it's, uh, again, like he, like he said, make sure practice in the off season, get out there. You can't replicate it exactly. But if you get if you get practicing moving that barrel, getting in front of the target, keeping keeping uh, keeping your focus on the target, uh, and then it, it 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 does translate into success in the field. Yeah, and like one of the most frustrating things, you know, especially for me when I was younger, you know, growing up in Indiana, uh, we had a short little teal season, and I think back then the limit was only like two or three birds, um, and we would get in. And Indiana is not necessarily a great teal spot. I mean. Tons of people shoot teal there, but but it's almost like a transition area where these birds are migrating through, and you have to be, you know, on the X on the they're passing through because they're probably stopping for a quick bite to eat and taking off and moving further south. So you're, it's almost kind of one of those deals where you have to get lucky um, when they when they are there. You have to be there, but you know, doing all that work and getting up early and getting out there, you know, your option, your opportunities are limited anyway. And I remember, yeah. you know, several instances where you know, me and a couple of my buddies were sitting there and we're not paying attention. And, uh, you know, a flock of 25 blue wings comes in, lands in the decoys and flies out real quick. And we're all like, we didn't even get a shot. And then we don't see another bird for the rest of the day. So, yeah. you know, that kind of, <laughs> kind of leads into, you know, this, you know, what you're talking about is, you know, being ready, you know, being ready yeah. to shoot. Um, but one of those, not just ready to shoot, I think stressing the importance of, of being ready for the birds to come in every season yeah, that happens at least once. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Happens to everybody. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. 
Yeah, so your next uh, little tip that you had here, uh, just to kind of wrap it up, the, uh, you know, you talked to Tony Vandemore, and, you know, that's somebody who during the teal season, I mean, he's out there, he's shooting at a lot of teal, he's putting his clients on a lot of opportunities. So uh, he was probably a great person to talk to about this. What, what, what was his kind of comments on shooting teal? You know, the, I, my conversation with Tony about this, it surprised me a little bit. You know, um, Tony is is uh, is pretty good at what he does, and he, he knows the ins and outs of a lot of different ways to hunt ducks. And But his his tip about shooting blue wings was just to, to use what works, you know, not to try to get too fancy. Don't try to switch things up in terms of whether it's your, you know, your shotgun uh, or your choke or things like that. His, his big uh, recommendation when it comes to shooting blue wings over the decoys is to keep things the same. Use what you know in terms of your shotgun and choke. Um, he will switch up his shotgun load a little bit. Um, you know, I shoot a 20 gauge personally, and I would I would probably bring things down to a five or a six shot. Uh, and Tony does, I guess, does the same thing with, uh, with his shotgun shell choice. But in terms of the gun and choke, keep it the same because it's what you know. Um, and, and, you know, we're kind of creatures of habit as duck hunters. And we, um, if we've shot ducks long enough with a certain gun, we kind of know where to put the bead or where to put the barrel to, to be successful. And that was kind of just his one big thing was, you know, you introduce a new gun or a new choke, and then all of a sudden you're switching out chokes because things aren't working. Keep it the same. If you know what works, stick with it. And that's going to give you your best chances for success. Yeah. You know, you said, you know, just the creatures of habit type thing that, that duck hunters are that, but they're also uh, gear junkies who like to change their guns <laughs> randomly. Um, yeah. I've seen this happen several times and I've been guilty of it before. Like, oh, I'm going to use this 20 gauge this morning and normally I'm shooting a 12 and and it all just goes downhill. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. It's probably best if you don't switch it up. Yeah. Or if you, you know, if you, if you do want to do something different, practice with it in the off season, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, shooting clays or whatever. Um, but if you've got a combination that works for you, don't switch it up in, in September just because you're shooting a smaller target. Keep it the same. If you want to, if you want to go down on, on the shot size to something a little bit smaller, go for it. So you got more BBs in your pattern. But uh, other than that, keep it, keep it the same. Yeah. Use no, what works. Absolutely. Now, for you personally, when you were, hunting potholes up there late September and you're still seeing some blue wings, you're not going down a, sh- a shot size, you know, cause you're hunting mallards as well. We are. I, you know, the, sh- the shell that I've been using lately though, um, is a little bit smaller. Uh, I've been shooting some, uh, boss, uh, fives or fours for just about everything. Um, and have had really good luck with that. And so I would probably, I would use something similar like that. Um, just because it's, again, it's what I know, it's what I use and, and that I have, I've had good success on that load from everything from teal to mallards, honestly, to, to honkers over the decays when they're 15, 20, 20 yards away, not that bad. Um, it's again, it's what, it's what I know. Um, I'm not going to switch things up too much though, because of, uh, for that reason, because it's, it's, I know it works my gun and, and I've had really good luck with it. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's kind of where I'm at as well, where, you know, I'm pretty consistent with the shot shell that I'm, that I use. Um, unfortunately I'm going to try something this coming September that it's going to change it all up doing exactly what (laughs) we're talking about doing here. But, you know, I'm just switching to, it's a three inch number six blindside load. Uh, so that's interesting. So I'm taking a case of those down to Louisiana here in a few weeks and, and, uh, check it out and see how those, see how those pattern and then, and then take them down there and get them out in the marsh and and see how we can knock them down with that. So that's exciting for me just to, 
have a load that I've never shot before too. So kind of looking forward to that. And I really think, you know, with some of these closer, maybe even timber hunts, you know, you can go up a little bit, even when hunting those big mallards. Um, if these, these loads perform like I'm expecting them to do, it'd, it'd be nice to, you know, have that in my back pocket come regular duck season. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, while we're talking too about what, what to bring to the, to the field, what you're going to use on the hunt, I don't think there's, um, you know, there are tons of great decoys out there, teal specific decoys. I you know here in South Dakota, we never see blue wings all dressed out, you know, and they're in their bleeding, uh, breeding plumage. They're pretty brown. They're, you know, just brown ducks when they're up here. Um, if you've got teal decoys, use them. Great. They're lighter, probably easier to work with, easier to get in and out of the field, but don't be afraid if all you have are, you know, your standard mallard decoys or something like that. Um, add motion with spinner or a jerk string. Um, they make blue wing teal calls. If you, if you want to blow one, I just choke down on a mallard call and use it that way to, to kind of create that squeaky five note quack that they give. Um, but you know, again, use what you have. You don't have to do, get anything too specific for these birds. Um, you know, chances are if you're in a good spot, you've seen, you know, teal in that area before you got your decoys out, you got add some motion, add some calling chances are you're going to probably have some pretty good luck. Yeah. That's a good point. It was just some of the gear, um, that people use. Do you have a, you know, let's, try and brainstorm some things. I know one thing that I never go teal hunting without, especially traveling down to Louisiana or Texas, uh, a thermosel. It's a must. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. in that September season, it's still 83 degrees at sunrise half the time. And so, you know, those mosquitoes, sometimes you're in a pit, sometimes you're in a boat, sometimes you're just sitting in the marsh. Uh, the, the thermosel is probably my number one I'd forget ammo before I'd forget the thermosel <laughs> just because you get ch- just chewed up down there. Um, yeah. But anything else you can think of that comes to mind? You know, in terms of gear, not a whole lot. Like I say, um, you know, just kind of the basics. You don't have to be specific for teal in terms of decoys, shot shell, stuff like that. Um, the one thing, though, just in terms of, of where we find the birds up here in South Dakota, and I know it's the same further down the flyway, too, is that, you know, they're a water-to-water bird in the morning, and they're going to go to, they're gonna go uh, feed on some sort of plant seeds or something like that. And so that's where we have our best luck here uh, up in the prairies for these birds are, you know, areas where they've got um, weed seeds or things to have uh, um, uh, access to food, uh, shallower water, typically. Sometimes it, they can be in, you know, three or four feet, but usually it's pretty shallow water. Um, and if you find the birds in an area, chances are, like I say, they're going to be back there the next day. Um, they are, uh, they're a, a fairly predictable bird, uh, a lot of fun to hunt. Uh, if you haven't given, a, haven't given them a, a, a shot before, I'd sir encourage you to, uh, to try it this fall if you can. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think you've mentioned it in your article as well as I think you even mentioned it before we got on blue wing as table fare. Um, it's just about, and I know Mike Brazier and I have talked about this when we did our blue wings species specific piece, um, it's, it ranks up there pretty much at the top for most people. I mean, that's, it's pretty good. Absolutely. When we shoot them here in South Dakota in the fall, um, they are loading up on calories. You know, they are getting ready for the migration south. Uh, they're an early migrant, you know, so they're going to be buggering out of here pretty soon, you know, early October, mid-October. And so they are packing on the pounds, packing on the calories. So they usually always have a big layer of fat on them. Um, they are a tasty bird, whether you, you know, you do. I, I typically will pluck them, do a whole bird thing on the grill. You know, I know one of Tony's favorite recipes is to uh, is to breast them out and to do some... Uh, 
kind of Philly cheesesteak style sandwiches with them with some provolone cheese and sauteed peppers and onions, things like that. Just a quick sear on the on the duck breast. They are they're a tasty bird. They really are uh, fun to shoot and great to eat. Yeah, and I recommend people plucking them like you mentioned. Um, you know, a lot of people do breast them out, and, and Tony's recipe sounds great. Um, but there's a lot of people who breast them out, and they, they've never had, like, that whole bird. And I think teal's yeah. one of those um, great opportunities because mainly they're smaller, and it doesn't take nearly as long to pluck them. No. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's more of a convenience factor at that point, and uh, they, they really turn in to some great, great table fare. If you do a little bit of research and, and really learn how to cook them whole like that, it's it makes an awesome meal. Yep, absolutely. Well, cool, John. This has been fantastic. I appreciate you joining me today, and I know I'll have you on here multiple times throughout the season. Um, but any, uh, any parting advice for any of those teal hunters out there who are going to start getting after them here very soon? Bring extra shells. Bring extra shells. That's perfect. Thanks, John. You bet. Thanks, Chris. I'd like to thank my guest, John Pullman, for joining us today and talking about shooting blue wing teal. I'd like to thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for putting the show together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.